The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. So I've asked, I asked Kilby if she would come up, and the, this is my oldest daughter, Kilby. And, Hi, uh, So why don't you, uh, age, testimony, quickly. Okay. Um, so my name is Kilby. I am 17 and a senior in high school. Um, and so basically I have, well, I've lived at camp at Snowbird my whole life, um, which has been pretty awesome. But um, basically my testimony, whenever I was growing up, I just – knew, you know, I knew the Bible, I knew who Jesus was, I knew who he was supposed to be to me and for me, but um, I just kind of, it was all memory work, and it was all, I just didn't really feel any of it, and um, so one day, there was, it was whenever camp was super small, and um, there's a lady who came to our house, and she, um, she had gone overseas, and she had just come back from doing mission work in India, and she basically just shared what she had been um, sharing with the people over in India who, um, you know, who were lost to practice Buddhism or Hinduism. And I remember just sitting there and thinking, I don't like, I don't believe any of this. and I don't feel any of this. And, um, and so that was a few, that was, I was, um, six or seven and I realized, um, that I was so selfish that I wasn't a believer whatsoever. And so in that moment, the Lord cultivated, a love for him and a relationship for him, um, through that woman. And so since then, um, thankfully I have grown up here. So it's been a really good opportunity, a really good environment for me to, um, learn the gospel, to share, um, with others. And so I'm really thankful that I get to share with you guys today. That's so cool. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, I'll, I've got a few questions I want to ask Kilby. And, and one of the things I want to, at some point I'm going to have her talk about is, uh, just like dating and relationships and sort of her approach to that and, and things that the Lord has sort of impressed on her. I want to make sure y'all don't think that we're setting this like the rules for dating, like how old you got to be or what it's like, that's not what we're doing. One of the beauties of the, the, the body of Christ is when, is that you get to share your story with other people. I would encourage you to share your stories, what God's done in your life and, and hear other people's stories because the stories are going to be different. Uh, but you can learn a lot from other people and, um, so as now Kilby's like coming to the end of high school, she finished classes in December. So she's not really in school anymore. She graduates in May, but she's pretty well done. Uh, that's why I asked her to sort of reflect them back on the last six years of seven years of high school, and middle school. That might be uh, ap- applicable to s- some of where some of y'all are. Um, but I, there's, so there's a couple questions I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask her. And the first one is why did you decide not to date until college? Um, okay. So, Growing up, it was kind of, um, you know, we kind of knew in our house, you know, I'm not going to date until I'm done with high school just because it wasn't, it was a rule, but at the same time, it was something that I was wanting to, it was something that I was willing to do. Um, and also I was homeschooled until 10th grade. Yeah. So, so I didn't really have opportunities to date even until I got into high school in 10th grade. (laughs) Um, so I, um, I basically, knew that I wasn't going to date until, um, until I was in my first year into college. And 
Um, then I want to say it was my my sophomore year of school. It was it was either my yeah it was my sophomore year, and I um I basically um it was the first time I really liked a guy and I really liked this guy and then I basically just like I'm super super emotional and pretty dramatic and pretty pretty savvy so I just like went for it and I'm like for the first half of it this guy had he had no idea that I even liked him and I was like we are gonna get married I know it just like all this you know all this stuff and then one day he he you know he was like okay I just you know after a few months he was like I just want you to know that I don't like you and I'm really sorry if I you know if I said you know if I made you think that I did if I said things to lead you on but I don't and I remember I was like this is where it ends like I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life and I'm gonna die with 17 cats and I was so I was so distraught and so upset and I realized in that moment like okay this is the Lord showing me you know I'm not ready for a relationship I there's so many more things that I need to do that I need to mature in before I can date and so in that moment I decided that I wanted to wait um a year into college and again like my dad said that's not you know like I don't think okay every girl should wait until they're in college to date but that's what I felt I needed to do after I experienced that and after I went through that okay so go back to in high school you're in public school after having been homeschooled and homeschooling was way different than probably it normally would look for people because we live at Snowbird so it's like this kind of crazy two worlds like you've got the we live here and this is our everyday sort of life but then we still got to go buy groceries and stuff like that you know so it's weird kind of the way the worlds collide so when you got to i can remember when you got to public school a lot of kids didn't understand they didn't didn't understand kind of our lives and here and this and, and and principles of like how we live our lives according to scripture. And it was a lot of pressure. I mean, there's so much pressure for relationships and stuff. How'd you deal with that? Well, okay, first of all, Andrews, even though Snowbird is pretty big, Andrews is super small. Um, My graduating class has like 40 people in it. Um, And so everybody is super close-minded already pretty much to begin with. And so basically everybody at Andrews High School, whenever I got there, thought Snowbird was a cult and thought all I did was never showered, never shaved my legs, walked around picking weeds, eating it. just They just thought I was this weird, like, river hippie, never thought. So it was weird at first even going in because um, they just had, they had no idea. But it was really cool to see, like, I remember the first year um, I was in school, I played softball, and it was so it was cool to see, like, I would bring some girls from my team to camp, and it was cool for them to see what camp was and to become a part of it because they fell in love with it. And it was cool to see how the Lord used, you know, used – camp new snowbird for them to see the gospel but yeah it was a huge it was a huge um change going from being homeschooled at snowbird to going to public school because i know there were things that i even like my dad once a week we go and get coffee and we hang out and we go on you know dates different places we hang out all the time and so i remember the first few months of public school i would try to tell girls that and they'd be so amazed and it was just so foreign to me that you know girls didn't have dads who did that which was sad that I had you know gone that many years without realizing okay like this is a reality this is real but um it was definitely a huge change in that aspect and it was also weird feeling pressures and um standards that I had never really felt before and that I never really thought that I would in terms of dating and in terms of my relationships and um honestly people at my school I've been there you know all 
the years that I've been in, in public school and they still don't really understand why I don't date. They still don't understand why I'm waiting. And so it's just sometimes it's a bit of a barrier, but it's also cool that they see, you know, that they see that there's that difference and that I can use that for the gospel. Because there's, I mean, it's, it's, I think all y'all would agree there's this pressure sort of like almost like you're supposed to have a boyfriend. Like if you don't, what's wrong with you? Um, and I, one of the reasons I wanted Kilby to come up is I just want you to understand that's, that's not clear thinking. That's just what our sort of like our world has conditioned teenagers to think. And so if you are going to be in a relationship with a guy, go back to what we talked about this morning and are those principles in place? Is he living that out? And then go to your pastor's wife, youth pastor's wife, or godly man and woman in your church. If like you may not have, you may be like what Kilby was saying. Her friends were like, what? Your dad takes you to get coffee. Maybe you come up in a situation where you don't have a godly influence in your home, like a father figure or something like that. So you're going to need some people from your church or some godly man and woman that can help you understand what this looks like. And you need to let people help you with that because the, the world around you is saying, I mean, it's almost like as soon as you get done in a relationship with a boy, okay, well, who's the next one going to be? Uh, like, again, that pressure, like I'm supposed to be in a relationship, so then you just got to find another one. And I'll, one of the things I want you to see this morning is you don't have to be in a relationship. Like there's no rule that says you've got to have a boyfriend. Like for some of you, maybe that's all you needed to hear this morning. Like that'll sink in. Oh, this is really stressful, and it doesn't have to be. You know, just, just chill and be you and be the woman that God wants you to be take so much pressure off of you go ahead um it's cool too to see like so the first few months and even I think really the first year that I was in public school it was kind of exhausting having to explain to every single girl why I don't why I don't date why I'm not going to have a boyfriend in high school but then it's it kind of gets to a point where it's cool because it's like they know like every girl at my school knows that I don't date and why I don't date and so it's cool because it's like now I have that opportunity because whenever they feel those pressures whenever they are stressed out about having a boyfriend or about not having a boyfriend they know you know that I don't date and it's cool to see the opportunities that I've had to minister to girls from all sorts of backgrounds who were dealing with all sorts of things because of that and that's really cool opportunity so talk about uh what would you because one thing that could happen is girls that don't have some of the things you have like mom and dad are still together love each other and we have a relationship that's solid girls that don't have that or girls that have been hurt girls that have already made bad decisions maybe become sexually active or they deal with guilt and shame or they're just hurt and wounded what what do you say to those girls um so uh at in andrews uh at my school i think majority of the girls come come from broken homes they have been hurt by um people who should have loved them who said that they would have loved them and promised that um, but honestly, for me, like to see, okay, there is never a point where the Lord is like, looks at you and says, mm, that really stinks. Like, but you've kind of gone too far. I can't really redeem what you've done with your life at this point because he is so, he looks at you and you are the most cherished, the most beautiful, the most lovely creation to him that he, you know, that he's ever made. And he, the fact that he looks at you, not as what he's made you redeemed but he looks at you when you're broken and when you're a wretch and he says that you know he wants you he didn't die you know for you whole he died for you when you were broken and um 
that's a big deal to remember. And it honestly, like, that's hard to remember because girls are really mean (laughs) and high school is really hard. And, um, so sometimes it is hard to remember, but that's for me, one of the biggest things is, um, accountability is a huge deal. Um, because you can, you know, accountability, you can go to whoever you have, who you share, you know, share your life with, share your struggles with, and, you know, you can throw your burdens on the Lord, but then you can also have that person pouring into you and giving you advice. But, um, yeah, so I know, like, that there are a lot of people that are broken, but it's cool to see, like, okay, even though I have, you know, a dad who does love me, who um, takes me on dates once a week, even though I do have parents who love each other and who are still together, like, if the Lord hadn't ordained for me to be a believer and to be one of his children, like, it, it doesn't matter who my parents are. It doesn't matter how much my father loves me if the Lord hasn't ordained for me to be a believer. And so it's cool to see, okay, like, even though you're hurt and even though you're broken and even though I might not have experienced that, like, the Lord redeems us the same way. And we're just as much his children, as much as daughters. Um, so That's good. Um or something you said that triggered a thought. Oh, I was just going to say, as a dad, if you, I'm excited about the 2019. That's a long way. 2019 slow summer, we're going to be looking at the fatherhood of God. Because I think a lot of people, you don't have a godly father, or you don't have a dad at all, or you have one that's mean, or you have one that's not a spiritual leader. Um, and I, you know, I just want you girls to know that the Lord will, like, he'll, he'll bring healing to parts of your life that, that maybe feel really, really broken. The Lord will do that. He'll heal that, and he'll give you security. You just, I want you to know that that's a promise of God to you. Um, let's see. Let me look at my notes. Uh, one, one more thing. Um, two more things. How? What about, we've talked a lot about this, but so many girls deal with pornography, lustful thoughts, you know, like just lust and desires and the pressure to, to act on those, How fighting that and combating that. Um, so something that I've realized since I've been in school is I think that it is a lot more foreign in society that girls struggle with that than guys, which is not like that isn't true. And, you know, in any way, and it, it might look different, but there's just as much struggle for women, um, in that aspect than there is for guys. And, um, honestly, in terms of fighting it, just, accountability again is a huge deal I know that there's a lady who I meet with once a week and um she it's honestly it's hard at first because like I as a human I'm super prideful and like we we are all proud to you know we're meant to be we're meant to have this community but at the same time our sinful natures we have this pride that we have to um overcome and it's hard like it's honestly really hard at some points because there's times where I know that there's something that I need to share or something that I need to tell to this person Um, and I just don't like selfishly, I don't want to. Um, but I promise it's so encouraging. It's so helpful to have somebody who you can, um, you can have keep you accountable and who, you know, will only, um, encourage you and only build you up. Um, so accountability, but also prayer. I know for me, I completely oftentimes forget the importance of prayer and the fact that like we literally, because of Christ, we don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to give these sacrifices. We literally can come to the Father whenever we want to, and He can keep us um, just as much accountable. And I think also um, something that I know I forget a lot of times is 
uh, in my mind, I think, okay, if I, you know, if I really want to give this up, I can just pray to the Lord. And then, you know, like if he really wants me to get rid of it, then if I pray to him and I ask him to, he will. But like, we have to fight for it. It's a constant battle. It's a constant fight. And so like, yes, he will help you, but you also have to be willing to like give up of, you know, whatever this is, give of yourself every single morning when you wake up for the whole day. Cause it is a, it's a battle. It's good. And, uh, and then for you personally, just how do you minister to others? Like for these girls that, again, Kilby's not here like as the authority on being a teenage girl. I just wanted you to hear a story, like one person's story, you know, like uh, that's helpful. But how, like a lot of these girls want to do ministry, like want to help other people see Jesus. But how, so practically what's that look like? Um, honestly, sometimes it's really awkward. It looks really awkward. It feels really awkward. It's just kind of uncomfortable because you have these girls who you know, Again, it's kind of a, you know, like a thing where I feel so selfish a lot of times because I think, okay, like I could have an opportunity right now, now to share the gospel with this girl, but it could affect how she sees me for forever and it could ruin this friendship. And so I just don't share the gospel with her. And that happens to me so much because I just am lazy and I'm just selfish and I don't want to do it. But the truth is like, it is so worth it. Even if that person completely um, rejects the gospel, it's so worth it to know, like, you shared the gospel with that person, that seed has been planted. I know there was, um, a girl who, um, I used to, I, whenever I was homeschooled, I still kind of did things, uh, through the squad, did some plays, did some sports, um, but there was one girl who I would do plays with, and she was so hurt, she was so broken, um, she didn't even know who her dad was, her mom had boyfriends all the time, constantly in and out of her house, who just hurt her mom, and she saw that all the time, and so, her idea of love was so tainted and so broken and so messy that she didn't even really know what love looked like. And you could see it, the way that she walked, the way that she interacted with people, that she was so hurt, that she was so broken. And I know it was the first time I think that I'd ever really seen somebody that hurt. And I couldn't, like, you can just feel it, you know, in the conversations that you have with, you know, people who are like that, you can feel the brokenness. And so I started to become friends with her and it was hard because we were so different she we just we didn't really like the same things we didn't have the same interests. so it was just kind of hard at first to um start that friendship and it was hard because she had been hurt so many times by so many people that the fact that I just wanted to be her friend and love her was a foreign concept which is so sad but like it's so true for so many people um and so I know that started in like I think I was in eighth grade and I my whole that whole time that I did plays with her and then when I got into high school my whole high school career I shared the gospel with her I was friends with her and she eventually you know for the majority of the time she would you know say okay like I completely understand that that's what you believe but that isn't what I believe which sometimes for me that is harder to share the gospel with somebody like that than somebody who's like okay what you believe is wrong what you believe you know isn't the truth um and so, but so she was like that and I just kept on and it's honestly, relationships like that are exhausting and you're going to have to be prepared to pour yourself out and not have, you know, that person pour anything back into you. And that sometimes is hard to accept, but it's what we as believers are called to do. And so, um, it was just sad to see, cause like at the end, like this whole, my senior year, she's basically just closed off to me and she hasn't really wanted my friendship anymore and so it's hard to see okay like yeah sometimes you're going to share the gospel and you're going to 
pour yourself out for days and weeks and months to this one person and they could completely close you off and shut you out but like that is the price for the gospel but it is so worth it and it is worth so much more than losing a friendship even though that seed has been planted cool all right thanks so take a few minutes and just if there are any questions for me or kilby and littles in here too um so if you've got questions for any of for us about and it doesn't have to be just about what kilby was sharing it could be about stuff i talked about this morning stuff about guys stuff about marriage whatever okay so the question was, uh, we talked this morning about um, men that will protect and guard the hearts and minds of the women that, that they're in a relationship with. And so what do you do on the other side of that? How do you guard your heart and your mind? Actually, tonight's message, that's what it's going to be. Um, it's going to be that phrase from Proverbs 4, keep your heart with all vigilance or guard your heart. And we're going to define, what does that phrase even mean? But practically, anything you want to share, like just as far as guarding your heart and, and being vigilant? Um, yeah, so I know for me, like there was a few times in high school, um, and there will be for you guys too, where there, you know, there's somebody, a guy who comes along who, you know, wants to pursue you or wants to date you. And honestly, like the Lord will convict you if it isn't who, because I know that there was one point where there's a guy from my school and he wanted to pursue me and I wasn't opposed to it, but I wasn't, you know, I was just kind of feeling it out. And it was like the second that I started, you know, like possibly having feelings, it was like the Lord I knew in that instant, I wasn't, it wasn't who I was supposed to be with. And I know that the Lord, you know, if you are in, you know, in constant prayer and and diligent in your relationship with the Lord, that he will like, he will speak to you in those ways and about those things. As far as, um, as women, Guarding your heart, little. What's that look like? Yeah, just grab the microphone from Kiwi. Little hates getting in front of everybody, except unless she's playing drums, she hides back there behind her music stand. <laughs> um, honestly, I was thinking about this morning how Satan just tries to deceive and you know lie and kind of keep this hand like in our face where all you see is that boy or whatever your temptation is, that's literally all you see. And, you know, you, all the beautiful things that are around you are completely hidden because you've got this hand of your temptation or your lust or your pride or your selfishness right in front of you. So your view is just tainted and skewed about everything. And um, I was thinking about that. And then I have a friend named Alex and her husband passed away um, like three years ago. They'd just been married a little bit. And he, it was a really traumatic experience. He fell off a cliff when they were hiking and she saw him pass away. So she was having like severe PTSD from that. So if she was in her day, if there was three seconds where something wasn't going on and her mind could wander, wander, it would go straight to that. So the first thing that her memory bank went to was John Michael falling off the cliff. Um, So she ended up having to go to counseling for PTSD. And it was crazy. She told me how it went. It was this weird eye. It was all this bizarre stuff. But what it was trying to make her do was file that further back. So um, when she had a blank, you know, 10 seconds in her mind could wander, instead of that being the the first file that her memory bank pulled up, it was maybe like the third does that make sense? So her mind didn't literally go to that every time because when it did, she would 
have a panic attack, basically. Um, and so she told me about that, and I was thinking about, like with you guys, um, so we have a son, Tucker, who's a freshman in high school this year. And so my experience with dating, I, I dated a little bit in high school, but it's kind of like I date a guy and I get bored and break up. Um, and so, and then with Kilby, it was really easy because she didn't want to date. So my experience with high school dating wasn't that extravagant. And then Tucker came along and he's this six one lanky, cute little guy. And these girls are just like, you know, knocking him down about it. And so, um, for me to tell him, you know, all right, Tucker, try to stay strong. Don't give in to these girls. It's a whole different like viewpoint that I'm all of a sudden having on this. So I know the struggle before it was easy to say, you guys don't date. Now when I tell you that, I'm like, man, that's really hard. It's hard for Tucker, you know, not to, not to, um, give into that because he knows in his mind, um, if he was to start dating, it would be super sketchy what went on because he's a 15 year old boy. Okay. And so when, when in scripture, it says to make no provision for your flesh for a lot of you, you guys just aren't strong enough to have a boyfriend and not mess around. So that means just don't have a boyfriend. Um, so with back to the whole hand in the face memory bank. Um, so for Alex, she has that blank moment and maybe she thinks about John Michael, but it's further back and she can think of good things first. There's other things, um, for you guys, the hand is not going to be filed further back unless you're in scripture. Um, it's not going to happen. You guys are going to be weak as water as far as having any strength to do anything right without scripture. So you've got, and you hear this all the time, but if you don't do it, you're not going to understand what we're saying. You've got to be in scripture. It literally transforms your mind so that you think differently, so that you have discernment if this guy's a jerk or not, or if he's going to treat you as a gentleman or trash, trash you. So scripture is just really important as far as guarding your heart and being vigilant with that. More questions? Wait, one more thing. I couldn't figure out why I made the whole point about the file thing. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, with, so like, we're not saying that the temp, like, say if you say, I'm not going to have a boyfriend or I'm not going to date, that for the rest of your high school career, you're going to be free and not have this battle. The fact that you're battling it is victory, okay? So it, what that means, I think, is a lot of times if you're in Scripture, the battle to mess around with a guy or give yourself or idolize this guy is still going to be there. It's just going to be filed maybe three or four pages down from what you want, okay? So it's still going to be there, but it's going to be a lot easier to be able to battle that with, with the Scripture. Sorry. Go here and then here. What are red flags to look for when, when a guy likes you and, and you like him and you want to be maybe in the relationship? What are some warning signs that that's not a good one? Mama, Kilby? Y'all are go? girls. You want to go? No. Okay. Um, if he's ugly, don't date him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not just kidding. Um, okay, so I know that a lot of times, honestly, in high school, for the most part, there aren't going to be guys who are ready to pursue you. Like, that's just, and that's not always true, you know, like, I'm not going to say that for all, you know, and goes for all 15, 16, 17-year-old guys, but for the most part, they're not going to have that maturity. Um, But I know, like, some 
some things that I always know is, first of all, like, if you start dating a guy and he's going way too fast and you're uncomfortable with it and you, you know, you tell him and he isn't okay with wanting to slow down, he isn't okay with wanting to preserve you, like, that's a huge deal. And he isn't in that relationship to honor the Lord. He isn't that, in that relationship to honor you. Um, and so, like, that's a big deal. Um, and I also know, like, he is going to, if he, if it's a relationship that is going to honor the Lord and if it's a relationship that you are meant to be in, he is going to put the Lord above you. He's going to, in any instant, in any moment, know that he loves the Lord and he trusts and respects the Lord 10,000 times more than he does you. And so I think a lot of times, I know in my, um, in my life, there's guys who, you know, feel like, okay, the biggest way to win you over, the biggest way for it, you know, for this relationship to work is to have you first in their life. But like, that is not the case. Like the Lord needs to always and constantly be first in that relationship. Cool. Mama, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, basically, if he just isn't really in love with the Lord and you see his affection towards the Lord and his care towards the Lord and the Lord shepherding him, um, and where that is pretty much a constant thing that is being brought up in your relationship and where he's treating you as a gentleman and not even trying to make out with you, just like treating you as a gentleman, you know, like and not pushing the envelope. Um, those are, you know, good qualities. Um, just be really careful because it's, You've got like four years of high school and some college, you know, and it's real easy to go ahead and start making bad decisions now and not know how to make good ones. So you've got to really be, you know, uh, vigilant in in how you handle that and just ask older women for advice and stuff in it also. Okay, there was one back here, and then we'll come over here. Okay, yeah, that, I, I need to take that one because I'm the only, I'm the, like, representative guy in the room. Yeah, 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 okay. <clears throat> what you have to be careful, I see girls all the time who have what I would call, like, a, a savior complex. Like, I can save this guy, or if I don't, if I, if I break up with him, he's never going to be around Christians, or believe this lie that, he needs you to find Jesus. Look, y'all, Jesus don't need nobody's help finding anybody. Jesus made that dude. So, and, and so, first off, it's not your job to evangelize boys right now at this stage in life. And some people would say, well, you can't say that. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you. If you and what I mean by that, let me explain that. Your primary job at school is not to try to get boys to come to know Jesus. That's not your main goal. Your main goal is to... It preserve your own faith and pursue Jesus and then share Christ with your friends. And then guys can observe and see that. And then that'll open up conversations. A lot of times girls will say, well, I just want him to know the Lord. And it's just a cover for, I really have a crush on him, but I know I can't have a crush on him, but I really have a crush on him. So if I make it like I want him to know Jesus, then everything's cool. Um, and so you have to trust that the Lord is the one going to do, that's going to do, the, he's the one that's going to do the work in, in young men's lives. You also need to trust that God is always going to raise up a generation of godly men. 
always going to, for godly women, God is going to raise godly men. There's never going to be a time in any society or history where there aren't enough godly men for the godly women. Somehow God's always made that work out because he doesn't just raise up women. Now, there's a very true statement that I've seen to be true that, that was just made that most youth groups are predominantly girls or there's a majority of girls and or there's a majority of girls that are the ones that have more like leadership. So the most solid youth groups tend to be, the strongest people in that youth group tend to be girls. There's not a lot of guys stepping up. But not a lot is not the same as zero. There are young men. There's a remnant of young men. And I see it. We get to see them come through Snowbird Outfitters. The, the young men on our staff, they're not perfect. They're knuckleheads. And some days I tell them, I'm going to kill you if you don't get out of my sight right now. Like, I mean, there's, you know, there's, they're not perfect. They're learning to be like Jesus. Um, but they're good, godly young men who love the Lord. So don't believe the lie that there's no longer any good, godly dudes out there. There are. And that's a really good point that, that's just been made, that it's going to feel like that a lot of times. You're going to feel like, well, we're all trying to do this together as young ladies. We're the godly dudes. Another thing is, you don't know when God's going to mature a young man. And that's another reason it's worth waiting. A lot of times, guys thrive more when they, when they get out of high school. I know for me in life, when I got out of high school, I started to thrive a lot more. And I don't even, like, I don't, there is not one person I went to high school with, one guy that I've kept in contact with. And I, I went to high school one hour from here, 60 miles from here. And I don't know, like, I don't see any of those guys. Like, I never, ever, I don't. And we were like, I thought we were best friends, you know. But uh, when, when guys mature and grow as men and as young men, they're, they're going to see things different and through a different lens. And so the longer you wait, the more you're going to see examples of godly dudes. And so be patient and wait on that. Don't believe the lie that, well, he's the closest thing I'm going to get to a, a good guy. That's not true. God's going to raise up godly men. For, he's always going to raise up faithful men and women, always. And so those principles we looked at this morning, you may not see anybody really living those out. But now you have the principles to look for, so wait until you see somebody living that out before you're willing to enter into her. You're giving your heart to a guy, you know? I mean, a 15-year-old boy cannot legally, in any state in the union, drive without adult supervision. And a car is far less valuable than a human girl. You know? And we're like, well, he should be able to go. Or 16-year-old boys who just got their license, like... I'm not going to let him drive my truck. Not many of them. I let my son drive it. My, stru my truck's a straight shift. So most young guys don't even know how to drive a stick shift anyway. So it works out good. <laughs> I'll let my son drive it because I'm training him to do it. But, like, how many boys at the local high school am I going to be like, hey, come over sometime. You can take my truck and take it out on Friday night. It's going to end up in a mud hole with a broken axle upside down somewhere. And I would let him take my daughters out, them same boys. I don't think so. So, so I'm waiting on young men that are gonna that are gonna reflect those things we talked about this morning. That was a good question. It was one over here, somewhere. Um, what advice in regard to social media? And what was the last part? Oh. Okay, so how you use social media, what you post, what you like, what you, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, going. this is a big deal. <laughs> Social media is. I know for me, like there are times where it is hard, and honestly, times where I don't even realize it. But social media, the people that I follow, they affect how I look at myself and how I view myself. Um, and so I know first, um, every once in a while, if I know, okay, like right now, Instagram is really like that's all I'm thinking about. Just delete it. Like delete it for a month. De- you know, like you don't have to have it, and it might seem weird to some people, but like. You can get, you don't have to have it, you know? And I know that for me, not having that for a month or even a week is so good. Even in my time with the Lord, like seeing, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have this distraction to, okay, the second that I'm done reading, I'm going to look on my phone. Like, I don't have that there. Um, But I also know, like, in terms, yeah, of who you follow, that's a big deal. But also, like, keep in mind the people that you follow who you think, oh, this person has a perfect life. This person gets to go here and here and they look like this. That's not real. Like, most likely they had to take 25 pictures before it looked like that most likely they used four apps to get it to look like you know what i'm saying like it that's not real um and so like i think that i know i need to be more aware of that and i think that you guys can be more aware of that in knowing like it's their their pictures and they're you know like and i don't want to downplay it's like they're just pictures because i know i struggle with you know like looking on social media and being disappointed that i don't look like this person or i don't have this life that this person has but no like that doesn't it's not of importance you know like and you shouldn't let that girl or that account you know like have any rule over you and if you do you know like again you can ask you know somebody hey just you know can you text me once a week or once a day and just make sure that I'm not you know on it constantly that I'm not looking at it constantly that's good I'll tell you a quick story a young man I was talking to this past week going back to the thing about young men he had before he met Jesus he had a serious porn addiction you know addicted to pornography and uh, and he was falling back into it and feeling the temptation so strong and he came to me for counsel and we talked about it a little bit and uh, that night and I didn't tell him to do this but that night I didn't even imply it I didn't even hint at it but that night he sent me a picture he had taken his Chromebook and shot it three times with his pistol and he sent it to he sent me this picture and it was and I couldn't tell what it was I'm looking at it and I'm like that looks like a laptop oh it's a Chromebook and it's got like three bullet holes two through the screen the monitor part the screen part and one through the keyboard <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, there's a young man that's serious about winning this battle, you know. And it, so it reminded me, there are guys out there, but people, and especially, it used to be young people. Now it's people my age my, and older. My mom spends more time on Facebook than anybody I know. She's like 66. She's a godly woman. I love her to death. But she's like, you'd be talking to her and she'd be like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what'd you say? House is on fire? Okay, yep, mm-hmm. okay, like, check, mm-hmm. tag, 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 you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? But, like, that's the world we live in. Uh, even in, in the world of missions, the people we communicate, in the Himal- communicate with in places like the Himalayas, we communicate with them through Facebook Messenger. That's the only way, so that's what they're doing. So it's here to stay. It's here to stay. If you knock off a month and don't do it, it'll be there when you get back, and you'll be stronger for it. That was just a cool thought that... that um, that I think is worth following up and thinking through. Mama, you got anything to add to that? She's a social media guru. So Little's a social media guru. She's not really. <laughs> I don't have any of it. <laughs> um, but but I, even like with Tucker, again, he would kill me if you knew I was just talking about him the whole time. But um, he had a phone, um, but then like, uh, so at Christmas, it got to where... Um, he was, you know, girls were texting him and yada, yada, yada. And so we, 
we said let's just we'll just take it you know for a while and he literally the next morning he was like mama I'm so like I feel so good that I don't have that phone anymore you know and he's 15 year old boy but um it was it, in scripture it talks about fasting from things and it's a healing thing and the Lord commands us to do that like if you're a believer the Lord commands us at times to fast from stuff and usually it's the stuff that you hold on to Titus Titus so um just be aware of that and uh, you know, when you, when you feel completely addicted to it, which that's basically what it is, you know, fast from it for a while and allow the Lord to just like separate and devein you from, from that. Good. One last question and then Kiwi's got to go to work. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll say one thing quick. Well, she said, what about when you, you just, you have feelings and they're natural. Should you feel shame or guilt for those feelings? I'll say something and then let these guys, like that's, it's normal to feel attraction. It's normal to feel, it's not, you're, we're not telling you, the Bible's not telling you, don't be attracted to guys. It's saying, take control of those attractions, feelings, and desires, and don't, don't let them control you, but you submit them to Jesus and let him control them, and he'll put them in an appropriate place in your life. What happens is people get controlled by their feelings and desires, and that's like we need to be controlled by Jesus. And, and then as far as shame and guilt, don't feel shame and guilt. Just go to Jesus, walk in Jesus, and he'll alleviate that shame and guilt. Can I add? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so I know for me, like one of the biggest things to remember is it's not like it isn't sinful to have feelings. It's, you know, like the sin isn't in being tempted. The sin is in giving into those temptations and in letting those feelings, and those emotions completely take over who you are and completely um, misrepresent who you are and your relationship with the Lord and completely destroy your judgment even. And, you know, like, honestly it can affect your personal relationships your friendships your relationship with your parents and so it's not like it's not bad to like people to like boys because a we're girls and b honestly like the lord has made us to feel these you know feel these feelings have these emotions because if you think about it in most countries and honestly throughout most of history like girls our age were married at this point you know it's like it's like it's natural to feel that way and i don't think that you should feel guilt and shame unless you are given into that unless you are you know letting yourself be overcome by those temptations cool do you need to leave for work oh my gosh yeah yes give that to mama give that to mama i will will wrap it up (laughs) thanks baby (laughs) she has to be at work in 11 minutes okay right here Okay, the question, this kind of goes with the earlier one. Um, They kind of go together, which is how can you encourage guys in their walk? Did you have a thought? I I would say, honestly, this is going to sound like, come on, man, give me something better than that. I would say pray for them. I don't mean say, I'm going to pray for you or whisper an occasional prayer. Set aside legitimate time to pray for the young men in your life. And ask God to give them strength. 
and then look them in the eyes and say, I'm praying for you. And don't do it in a gooey, gooey, emotional way. Just say, hey, I'm praying for you that you'll become the man God wants you to be. That, as a man, if somebody, if somebody tells me, or like if little texts me, if I'm because I'm on the road preaching a lot and speaking, and she, if she texts me and says, I'm praying for you, or I prayed for you tonight when you were speaking, um, like I just feel, I feel like the Lord kind of strengthens me in that moment. And it's not, usually it's not like, yeah, I'm going to charge. It's just like, okay, there's strength there. There's strength to draw on. Because when people are, like the Bible says in James, James chapter 5, that the effectual, which means like passionate, continuous prayer of a righteous person has a lot of power. And so if I say, like if somebody says to me, I'm praying for you, I'm praying that you'll walk with the Lord and be strong. Like that is so encouraging to me. That is so encouraging. And I think a lot of times we, we think that that's like, I mean, I want to do more. There ain't nothing. I mean, is there anything you think about this? Could there be anything more valuable that you could do for somebody than go literally into the very presence of God on their behalf? You see what I'm saying? Like that is a powerful thing. And so that's where I would start. And here's what will happen. If you'll do that, the Lord will start to open up other things that you can do to encourage your brothers. But it starts with prayer and then, and then other things. Will, but what I think a lot of girls do is they want to help and encourage but they're not really praying, even for each other, for y'all with each other. If you'll pray for people, it'll really change your heart towards those people, and it'll help them. It really will. Yeah. Okay, so this is a really good question. What's your name? Grace, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. What's your shirt? Where y'all from? Where's that? Indian Trail. Okay. Um, that's a really good point. She said, what about really strong, independent girls that are like, I don't need a dude. Because there's some girls like it. There's some girls like that. <laughs> well, I would like for you to meet my wife. Um which I'm really drawn to that. Like, I, I like that. That's one of the things I loved about Little early on is I didn't feel like she was clingy and needed me. Now, some guys, they want a girl like that. It makes them feel like a hero or something. You know, like, I, there's a lot. I always am, like, just got a weird feeling when, even if it's a married couple, if the girl's really, like, he's the greatest thing ever. She's, like, almost, like, does she idolize him? You know, you got to be careful there. But some girls go the other direction. They're like, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. I don't need a man. I don't. And so you just have to guard your, make sure you're not being um, prideful in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, be careful that you're, like, just trust the Lord to, to work through your desires. Um, but as far as feeling like, uh, come, so when you come into a relationship with a man, if you're a really strong-willed, independent woman, the idea is not that you're going to have to, like have this man be your boss i'm not i'm not little's boss but she in her independence and strength and in my independence and strength both before the lord what the relationship's going to look like is there are certain responsibilities that god has given both of us in the relationship that makes it work and when something's making something work that's good not bad and there and people have a wrong idea about because a lot of times because you haven't seen a man and a woman like walk this out where it's like real love and affection but also he's so when i was talking this morning when we're looking at that idea of the man is to protect that's god talking in that passage so when god says hey protect the garden 
He's saying protect the garden. What I want you to see is God has hardwired men to be protectors. And in your relationship, we might we may not be talking about you need somebody to physically protect you. I'm talking about he should be wired and bent towards a protective mentality rather than a predatory mentality. Does that make sense? So a man who's a predator is saying, what can I get out of this deal? A man who's a protector is saying, what can I give to this person? Does that, does that clear that up a little bit? So a godly dude who's with an independent woman is going to be saying, how can I like, give to her that's going to make her a stronger woman while I still embrace the responsibility that God's given me? For, you know, I have, like in our marriage, I know what that looks like. I've also seen it play out in other marriages. Where it's, I mean, it's a partnership where we both have responsibility. Like nobody looking from the outside in would think, oh, he's leading and she's following. They would think, hopefully, man, they really are working this thing together in a really powerful way, you know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Mama? Yeah. And you can be, be thankful. The scripture talks about being thankful for things. So you can be thankful that you are independent and that, like, you probably could maybe go through high school and not have too much temptation to, you know, get into the wrong relationships and stuff. So be thankful for that. But then also um, be thankful that, like, the Lord will bring you somebody like him into your life that is totally okay with you doing your thing and you, you know, whatever you like to do, being able to give you the freedom to do that, but then, like, still loving you and caring for you. And you'll really need him when you have children and they need a daddy because um, there's certain situations that I'm comfortable with handling within our family unit, but there's a lot of them that I defer to him because they need a father speaking into them you know, more so because, you know, he, the, the father, the husband is kind of the, um, symbolic of Christ and how he treats his, his children. So, so that comes into play, you know, down the road. So. Good. Courtney. What does submission look like? Um, I like your answer for this. You can tie your shoe. I was going to take my shoes off and walk around pregnant like this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you guys don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? Like, you middle schoolers? Everybody used to say, like, if you're submissive, you just basically walked around the house barefoot and pregnant and cooked and stuff. Um, anyways. Um, I guess, I mean, I only have us to go off of. Um, but it's basically, um, for the most part, like... You want to marry somebody, and you so you want to date people if you're going to date who also have this developed inside them. I know that whatever circumstance comes up in our family unit, he's going to seek the Lord first in that. Um, so um, it's really important that, that that's why, like, we hone on maybe not dating or if you do, like, really being careful with how you date and who you date because you you set up patterns for your life okay so i married him and i know that he's going to be submitted to christ so i'm okay with you know listening to what the lord's told him to do in a circumstance in our life um and there's been i mean not a lot there's been a few times where i was like "Eh, i don't know about that but like what's the big deal just like submit submit that to the lord and be like well we'll see we'll see how how that goes you know But, but then not being like i told you that was the wrong decision not being like that, but just really trusting the Holy Spirit and the guidance in him. And so then having it being really easy to just um, have conversation and hear what he has to say about stuff. But in the same regard, I don't go around blabbing my mouth all the time. So when I do speak to him, he actually listens, you know, and I'm not um, just randomly saying idle words all the time. I 
when if if there is something I feel like that I need to say to him, I'll wait like a week and really just figure it out between the Lord and I before I go to him, because I want to make sure it's not me being you know jerk or being selfish. Um, so the whole submission thing, it kind of has a bad rap, but um, it's basically just you submit to the Lord, he submit to the Lord, and then the Lord calls us to the same thing. Um, but just being like when Christ went to the cross, it says he went. Um, humbly, you know, quiet spirited to the cross, like to pay for our sin and our temptation. And so in any situation, submission or whatever, having that, having Lord as your example of that humble, quiet, gentle spirit. And usually like that just diffuses about anything anyways. So. One more question. We're going to be done in two minutes. Yeah. Kilby. About uh, just the pressure, the like the pressure to do things according to how society says that things should be done. How do you stay strong in that and 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 just do what God would have you to do? Yeah, I know I know that you can, like, be clean with what you watch on TV and what you listen to outside of school, but then you go to school, and there it is, you know. And, um, like, with Kilby, she's, you're right, she's had an easier time saying, no, 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 no. Um, poor little Tucker, again, has had a harder struggle with it. Um, and he's, like, really a strong young guy, but he's just had to battle it more um, than Kilby did. And so I, I've got to like the Lord's allow me to feel like the peer pressure that he feels the Lord's just allow me to feel it so that I know the weight of that so I know when you go to school you're having you know everybody's cussing talking about who they messed around with what crap they watched on tv I know how that goes so in in that regard it is going to be hard to um fast from that stuff because it's right in your face so that's where um again back to like in the morning you guys have got to have some time with the lord um so that that stuff doesn't affect you because you know four days into no scripture at school you're going to start thinking the exact same way and want to use the exact same words as those people so it's just um you know as a parent or as a friend just as far as being in, in the word in the morning and just praying that the lord will give you strength for that day um and also that you don't like get um, don't get judgmental also because that can be um, it's I know it's a fine line to go to school hear that stuff and not be judgmental know how to be led with the by the spirit when to speak to a girl that you you know that's maybe the Lord's wanting to talk to her but knowing how to handle that and not come across like hey you didn't need to say that or whatever being really gentle on how you handle that it's a lot to take on. Um, and so it's only done under the strength of the Lord. So, um, yeah. That's good. Good. All right. Thank you all.